When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast on a Friday. We call this the tailgate, and oh, do we have a lot to get ready for. This weekend, one of the biggest softball series on the schedule as Oklahoma hosts Texas. It's number one versus number seven, and we'll go inside the matchup with Shannon Sale. Also, we'll meet the new women's basketball coach at the University of Oklahoma, Ginny Bronchek, and we'll hear from Lincoln Riley as we count down to next Saturday's. You heard that right. Next Saturday's spring game. Hey, uh, real quick before we get going, thanks to everyone who subscribes and shares the word of the Sooner Sports Podcast. We've had a, we had a great month of March. We've had a great month of April. Please, uh, if you subscribe through iTunes, just leave a quick five-star review and a comment. We appreciate it very much. And, as always, um, just spread the word, Soonersports.com slash podcast or search Sooner Sports Podcast, however you consume podcast. All right, let's get going. It's Oklahoma and Texas. The Sooners sitting at number one in the country. They have the nation's longest winning streak. They've won 49 straight Big 12 games, and they're in search of their ninth straight Big 12 championship. But Texas awaits this weekend. So we caught up with Sooner super senior pitcher, Shannon Sale. All right, let's let's uh, let's do a little bit of revisionist history here. You were really uh, clicking last year, and obviously G went down with an injury, and it was going to probably be the Shannon Sale show for a majority of the season in the circle last year. What was that moment like whenever things got shut down, Shannon, and how did you kind of handle the next few weeks of the not knowing whether you guys were going to play? What was that like for you last year? At first, it was very difficult. I kind of felt like everything happened within, like, a blink of an eye. And 
we really didn't know what was going to happen. And I really wasn't happy with my performance last year as much as I got a lot of pitching time. I, you know, if you look at my stat line, you would think, oh, like you did all right. But I didn't think I was doing all right. So I knew I had a lot to work on. And as soon as I got to a place where I was in a stable environment and able to just pitch and work out and become the pitcher that I am today, that was really good. Like being able to work on things and get better because I knew there was a chance that we could be back next year. Yeah. So what was there a moment when you found out that it was for certain that you were going to be back? I know that you were trying to play as much as you could this summer, Shannon, but when did you find out you would get that opportunity to play again? And what was that like for you? I think it was like around whenever the NCAA announced it is when we found out. But like the week mm-hmm. before, coach was calling us and saying, you know, it sounds good. It sounds good. Like, keep your hopes up. Like, I really think you guys are get your year back. So that's when I was, you know, <laughs> just able to breathe finally and feel good about it and the good the situation so then when I got word that we're back I was going to do everything possible to be a different pitcher for this the staff this year well now speaking of being a different pitcher I don't know how else to put it but I just love your attitude I mean when you (laughs) from from the moment and it's almost like a, a switch flips here's this uh funny uh charismatic person that just suddenly when you step over that line and you enter the circle you become this boss and you don't care about who's in the batter's box it doesn't matter to you what's kind of helped develop that mindset shannon to where when you're in the circle you're in control i think just having that alternate um person on the mound because (laughs) i you know we do those heart rate monitors and it shows us like who we are on the mound are you up are you down and i've always rode a little high with my heart and I think that's just the passion coming out of me. But when I get on the field, I want to do everything impossible to win. I don't want a batter to beat me ever. I mean, every pitcher feels that way. But mine just happens to come with a resting face of, you're not going to get a hit off me. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I don't know. It's all, it's all different ego. Like, it's just a different ego. And I think every pitcher can use that for their advantage. So, okay, this is fascinating stuff. And you're, the, the monitors, the, the uh, it's not GPS is a term that I'm looking for, but they keep track of everything. Um, and your heart rate side of things, you mentioned it, it runs a little hot, but you stay calm and you stay cool. Shannon, I mean, how is that just from experience? Is that just from the excitement? I mean, how do you balance that from having that energy and being fired up and being at your best, but also staying calm and within yourself? Um. I think that's what came with the seniority that I'm feeling right now. Um, Ah. I have had so much time to feel those big moments, so much time to practice in those big moments. And all the experience I really think is becoming in my favor now. I can understand that when the moments do get high, that the heart rate is going to go up, the feel of that pressure is going to go up, and you're going to feel it. But it's, it's how you let it in, and I've been able to let it in um, I've been able to let it in easier and to my advantage this year. I don't know how to describe it. It's more that I'm 23 now. I am in that age of where I could be playing pro, but this year I am back playing softball in college. So I'm just using it to my advantage in all honesty. So, Kind of a, I mean, I hate to, but a nothing to lose mentality, right? You can just leave it yeah. all out there. 
Yeah, I'm playing yeah, with that underdog like chip, even though I'm not an underdog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how, how could you? How can one of the most dominant pitchers in the in the country play with an underdog chip? You can because you still have something to prove. I think you hit it on the head, though, Shannon. You weren't happy mm-hmm. with the way you pitched last year, right? So no, for you, you it. can use that underdog mentality. But you can use that underdog mentality from. I mean, even going back to the days at FIU and then your first uh, couple of seasons here, you want to show that hey, I'm better than even these moments that I had before, right? Yeah, exactly. I am 100% just trying to lay it on the line and not leave any regrets, not leave anything. I want to leave it all in the field this year. Um, I owe it to myself. I owe it to this program. And, you know, I owe it to the NCAA for giving my year back. And I'm not going to, like, any take any advantage. Like, I'm going to leave it all in the field. That is my mentality. Leave it on the field. And every pitch, every at-bat is important. And I'm playing it that way. It's awesome. We're hanging out with Shannon Sale, senior pitcher, retro senior pitcher for the Sooners. Uh, take me back a little bit. When you made the de- – because I haven't really had a chance to talk to you about this. When you made the decision to come to Oklahoma, Shannon, what, what was it? What was it that said, hey, I want to go to Norman and I want to pitch at Oklahoma? Um, honestly, it was the championship mindset here. Um, you could – it's such a different – I took five visits, and this was my last visit. I saved the best for last. Um when I was here, it just gave off a different atmosphere. Um, every school, every sport on campus is, has a winning attitude and a winning persona that every athlete that comes out of here is better when they leave. They, every coach here is championship mindset. I just feel, I felt that the moment I walked on campus and I wanted to win a national championship. That's what drove me here. That is what... I want, and that's what that's what Coach Gasso and Oklahoma softball is good at is winning national championships. So that was the main you know, reason I came here. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, I'm I'm one of the biggest fans of your dad. He uh, he's awesome. He cracks <laughs> me up. Is he? So I'm just curious. Is he one of those that he gets kind of nervous, so he's constantly walking whenever you're pitching? I mean, is your and and I know that uh, I don't know if your mom gets to come to every game. Like I feel like your dad's there, um, but are they are they nervous? Are they uh, kind of what what do they say their mindset is whenever they're watching their daughter pitch? Oh, I think they're absolutely nervous. My dad, <laughs> I swear, he walks like five miles when I pitch around the stadium. He can't sit still and <laughs> my mom same thing like she's coming this weekend so she finally gets to oh, see cool. some action but she's the same way like she'll i'll come back to a thousand texts like color commentating the game of how i'm pitching <laughs> and how nervous she is and it's hilarious like pitcher parents are the most nervous people i've ever met because they've had to deal with their daughters being in stressful situations and it's my dad yes he walks five miles i'd never know where he is like, sometimes when we're in the bullpen, we play the game of where's Jeff, and we can always tell where he's at by his hat, so we know to look for the hat of the day. He has three different hats for every day of the weekend. <laughs> oh, that's great. I See, I learned, that's awesome. I, I dig him. I get, a, I get a big kick out of him. And if your mom's giving you color analyst through text messages, you know, you can tell her mm-hmm. there's a radio booth where she can give me her perspective, too, so I can be a little smarter <laughs> on that kind of stuff going forward. Chen, uh, let's focus on this team and, and this year right now. Uh, obviously, you know, you, you and G have a pretty good thing going right now. I'm just curious, how do you feel overall when you look at this staff, which is crazy to think 
all the innings you threw at FIU before you came here, and it's softball has become a staff mentality. How much has mm-hmm. that helped you from a rest perspective and to be fresh, and how do you feel about this team moving forward pitching-wise? Um, it feels really good to have seven pitchers, especially in a pandemic, and to have a to have seven solid pitchers is even better. Um, I really like the staff mentality going into softball because the hitters are getting much better and so much film. You can watch film for hours like we do and really break down a pitcher and know her tendencies without even facing her in the box. So to me, it's awesome that you can have seven different looks. So if one is getting hit, you can just bring in another one. If one's good at hitting drop balls, you can bring in a rise ball pitcher. If one's good at hitting change-ups, you can bring in someone that throws gas. So it's becoming like MLB. We're just – we're – slowly getting there softball but i think staff mentality is the thing of the future it gives you it gives your arm a different look it just gives you rest honestly the rest component is awesome for a senior because you've been pitching for so long but obviously we want the ball but (laughs) we obviously want to win best we want to win a championship and that's what a staff can do yeah and and yeah, and, and Jennifer Rocha, you know, she understands kind of when you guys are, are rolling and when there might be a need for a change. But I'm curious, for you personally, Shannon, when it's either Lindsay or Kinsey, and oh, I mm-hmm. just caught that rhymes, when it's either Lindsay or Kinsey catching you and they're coming to this circle to talk to you, is it more a mechanical conversation? Is it something to where you just need something to kind of get your mind right? I know there's different strokes and different situations there, but mm-hmm. what are those moments like whenever the coach or when the catcher comes out to you? What do you feel like you need in some of those moments? Um, in some of those moments, I get to the point where I'm like, oh, mechanically, what am I doing wrong? And they're like, hey, you can't worry about that right now in a game. You've been doing this for 12 years. Just pitch how you know. And that's more of what it is. It's more of like a quick pep talk hey like you're getting a little you're getting a little out of your comfort zones here and I can see that like let's bring it back down or hey like take a breath take a deep breath or it's if I'm usually the one that's like hey like am I turning my hips too fast am I not finishing and they're like hey you got this just pitch how you know how to pitch and that's what I need because I'll be the one that gets into that trap of what do I need to fix when in that moment, you just got to be competitive. And they remind me that, and that's exactly what I need in that minute. Two more quick ones, and I'll get you out. Number one, Texas coming up this weekend. Uh, I feel like, you know, I was looking at the Texas roster, Shannon, and this uh, we didn't get to play him last year, so this will be the second time that you faced him. And it's kind of wild. It seems like the same roster, you know, a lot of those same mm-hmm. names. So uh, what have you seen as you've started to dive into Texas and what they're bringing to Norman this weekend? I think we just need to stay within ourselves as a staff, and we talked about that all week. You know, they're a very good-hitting team, um, but it's 9 versus one I really loved how Nicole May said that the other day. It's 9 versus one They got to get it through nine fielders, and we have a solid defense. And I truly believe if we hit our locations and hit our spots, we will do very well, and our defense will have our back. That's the nice thing about having one of the best defenses in the nation. You can just trust that that ball will fall right into one of their gloves. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think Coach Gasso even said, hey, if we keep the ball in the park, we got a chance to make a play, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. then f- finally I'll let you go on this. I'm just – this is a curious curiosity question because I know how some of y'all can be and I know how 
Diamond Sports are in general. Is Shannon Sale an overly superstitious person? Do you have game day necessities for you? Um, no, but I've, like, recently, me and Tiara Jennings, I have to buy her a rain energy drink before every game, and we drink rain before every game. I don't know if that's a good good superstition, <laughs> but it's what we do, and we swear by it. So, But I've never been superstitious. It's I know. I, I've never been superstitious, ever. <laughs> but I, guess, I think well, that's a good thing. <laughs> no, I think it is. Well, hey, your ERA is .39. She's hitting like 500. So I think whatever you guys are doing, Shannon, keep rolling. Hey, I, you, you know, I'm your biggest fan. I really appreciate you finding time to come on with us. Good luck this weekend, and we'll see you out at Marita Hines Field, all right? Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Shannon Sale. Super senior pitcher for Oklahoma. It has been an incredible season. For Shannon Sale. I mean, an absolutely, positively incredible season. You start looking at the numbers. I mean, think about this. The Sooner pitching staff the entire year has only allowed 33 earned runs. This team has played 30 games, and they've only allowed 33 earned runs. Uh, Shannon Sale on the season, a .39 ERA, 8-0. I'm sure she's going to get the start, if not Friday night, then on Saturday afternoon. She is incredible with a .39 ERA. She has struck out 63 and walked just 14 opponents hitting .080 against her. Meanwhile, that Sooner offense is clicking. 93 home runs. Uh, The team batting average is .453, and this is their biggest challenge of the season against Texas. We'll have you covered on the Sooner Radio Network. Of course, hopefully the weather cooperates tonight. First pitch is slated for six. PM. We'll be on the Sooner Radio Network and tonight on Soonersports.tv at about, uh, let's see, 6 o'clock first, which about 545. That'll be on the radio side of things. We'll hit right on the top of the hour on .tv. And very cool to finally get some ESPN games. ESPN2 on Saturday afternoon at 3, ESPN2 on Sunday at 4, and Sunday's game we'll also have for you on 107.7 FM before the doubleheader on Tuesday against Georgia in Athens. OU softball can't wait, thanks to Shannon Sale. All right, I'm very excited for our next guest. Uh, I had a chance on my radio show this morning to talk with Ginny Baranchek, the new head women's basketball coach. My partner Josh Helmer and I went back and forth asking some questions of what is an absolutely excited new member of the Sooner Athletic family and a very accomplished, energetic new face for Oklahoma women's basketball Jenny Bronchek. Coach, first and foremost, thanks for taking time to uh, hang out with us on the show today. I'm sure the last couple of days have been a bit of a whirlwind, haven't they? Oh, my gosh. It's been awesome. It's been crazy. It's been, yes, it's, it's you know, you, everyone uses the term you're drinking from a fire hose, and I'm like, well, I don't know if any water's going in, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's definitely coming at me, but in just such a positive and just awesome way. So it's, it is, it's awesome. So thanks for letting me be here today, too. I don't know. I'm excited. Um, I love – I've been digging into the Ginny Baranchek resume and learning as much about you and your, and your family and, and, and everything. You're saying the name and, and right. Just, I, well, I mean, that's key, number one. I was telling Ann Marcelli that I pulled up the old uh, the pronunciation guide and I practiced it over and over and over because I wanted to be the guy that doesn't have to just say Coach Ginny. I can always say Ginny Baranchek, right? And I'll oh, feel nice. like I'll always have that edge, right? Let's go. Nice. That, is, um, that is an edge you will have. That is excellent. There you go. I, right. feel, I feel very special already. But So you mentioned like drinking from a fire hose, which is an awesome analogy. 
What's that first order of business? I mean, the press conference, you land, you do the interviews, you do the press conference, and then then what? What's that first step whenever you sit down in the office and you start putting pen to paper and you start getting after it? Well, you don't ever really sit down, actually, in the office, but you but you go. But honestly, my favorite thing so far, and, and the first thing is really just to get to know these women that are here. And They've, they've just been awesome, you know, and we have a couple weeks before they take off and have finals and all that. And so really getting to know them is, is really the first step. And obviously the next piece is, is just putting a staff together that's going to come in and, and, you know, and just make Oklahoma great. And, you know, that's, that's really been the ultimate focus in these, in these last couple of days. Coach, good morning. Thanks uh, for joining us. You've uh, been known for high-powered offenses, teams that really, really score, that shoot it well, that share the basketball. Stylistically, for fans listening, what will Oklahoma women's basketball look like moving forward? And then the roster that you're inheriting, how do you feel that those pieces shape into your vision for what you want this program to look like? Yeah, no, exactly. And and that's exactly what we want to do. We want to be able to get up and down and and score the basketball and really – um, and really t- play team basketball. We want to be able to share the ball. We want to have five scores on the floor at all times. You know, we do. We want to be a high-octane offense. And, and part of that is in the full court, yes, but it's also movement in the half court. So it's a lot of fundamental reads that they're making. Um, and so it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. I mean, we'll have some growing elements in terms of just getting that on-court chemistry. Um, but I do like a lot of the players that we have here really do fit the system, and the system fits them really well as well. Um, and then we'll continue to recruit size, obviously. Size and length is always a really good thing. Um, but you, you still want to have those fundamental skills, but also that athleticism that can really compete at a really high level. So that's, that's, a, that's a lot of the focus. Uh, rebounding on both ends is going to be a huge piece. Um, but honestly, the biggest thing is just getting out there, competing, and having fun while you're playing. We're hanging out with Jenny Bronchek, new women's basketball coach at Oklahoma. I don't know how much we can talk about individual players yet, but have, have you had a chance to talk to a, a, an Ana Yanusi yet and kind of get her feel or even a, a Taylor Robertson or Maddie Williams and kind of get the sense of what it looks like for them going forward? Yeah, you know, we've honestly sat down. So we've, we've sat down as a team. So we have, we've had some virtual meetings, but we really actually yesterday got to really just sit down and actually start, start really connecting and talking about overall vision. And then these next couple of days we'll sit um, individually and, and meet with everybody. So we've had conversations. You know, you can only do so much on a FaceTime call or on a phone call. And so right. it's, it's a lot of fun to be able to just actually sit and start to dive in. And then next week we'll get on the floor. And that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun. So not that we can't step on the floor and, and rebound and do those kinds of things, but um, really diving into okay, you know what what part of your game is your favorite part? What do you what do you foresee in terms of next season and what you want? And then really diving into what it's going to look like after that. So what are your career aspirations? And so a lot of our players want to keep playing, and so. How do we get them where they want to go? Because player development is such a huge part of what you do. And, and it's a huge part straight. The more that you can really connect and be the best you can be, the people around you get better too. And that's, that's really where we want to start um, in those conversations. So we are in the process right now of meeting individually with every single player. 
Coach, you have experience with the Big 12 Conference. You began your coaching career as an assistant at Kansas State, then uh, Colorado a little bit later on. So you're familiar with the Big 12 Conference. How will that experience in this league, do you think, help you at Oklahoma? And then Coach Moser, at his introductory press conference, talked about the brand of Oklahoma. So how excited Mm -hmm. are you to recruit that brand of, of Oklahoma? Well, the brand of Oklahoma is amazing, right? I mean, you can you can have conversation with so many people. I mean, you you talk about just just the foundation, the tradition, the leadership that we have here. I mean, that's that's something that's so exciting. But even even more than just the power of the brand, it's the power of the people behind the brand, and that to me is really what separates Oklahoma from a lot of other places. So that part is is um, probably the most exciting part. And then obviously the Big 12, it is. It's a beast of a conference, and it's, and it's a conference that, um, you know, has obviously been dominated by, by one team as of late. And so that's something where, it's, again, you don't necessarily go to just beat that team. You go to really compete for a championship. If you're going to compete for a championship, you've got to play all teams, right? So I think the experience that, that I've had in the past, you know, even with West Virginia and the old Big East, um, so I know them really well, but also understanding – the grassroots of it. You know, I mean, I remember the big eight. I remember, you know, watching, you know, Iowa state was in my backyard. So I do know even more than even just coaching in this league, um, the, the opportunity and the potential that when you do compete in this league and how you compete in this league, because teams are different teams do have their own identities. You know, Iowa state's identity is going to be different than what Texas is. And so in understanding those teams and what they bring, and also understanding that when we come in, we are going to be Oklahoma. We're not going to worry about who everyone else is. We're going to bring our own brand of women's basketball as well. Oh, let's go. I'm ready right now. Let's hit the court. Let's get after <laughs> Me too. it. Uh, Jenny Br- Me too. <laughs> Jenny Bronchek, head women's basketball coach at Oklahoma. A-, a couple more quick ones and we'll get you out of here. I found it fascinating how your college coach – kind of follow that similar path to you. And Lisa Bluter was the head coach at Drake and spent uh, seven incredible seasons there, and then she went on to Iowa and has had uh, incredible success. Uh, what what did she mean to you, and how cool is it to see, hey, she was a Drake, I was a Drake, she moved on to Iowa, here I'm trying to do what she's done at Iowa at Oklahoma. No, I think Lisa's a great teacher of the game, and I was really lucky. You know, I've, I've been lucky to play for and coach with great teachers, and, um, you know, that's really helped, helped me as a coach become a better teacher of the game. And so, um, you know, what she's been able to do, and especially as of late in terms of really recruiting at a higher level than she probably ever has. I mean, when I played, clearly she recruited at a really high level too, but no. Of course. Um, but no, right, right, right. No. Um, but no, I, I think, you know, from that sense, it, it was, it's a really unique story. You know, I mean, I, I, I signed at Iowa and Lisa was still at Drake and then she came and was able to coach me. And I, you know, it's this whole interesting shift. Um, but I think the biggest thing is she's a teacher and she's a, she's a very strong woman. Um, but I, you know, but we're also very different in some things too, which is really good. And so you take some things that you really love and you take, you take some other things and then you put your own spin on some things. So, um, she's, she was, she was a great teacher and I really pride myself on really being able to teach the game too. And, um, and that's just a, that's a huge part of it. Hey, I, I want to follow up just real quick on that. Cause I wasn't aware of that. I didn't realize that she was still at Drake whenever you had signed yeah. 
does that kind of help you in a situation like this to understand, hey, I lived through a coaching change uh, very, very early in, in your life and obviously in your career. How has that helped you to relate to maybe what some of your players are going through now? Well, yeah, no, 100%, because, you know, when I was, when I was going through it as a player and you had that, you know, that, that month of time where it's this unknown, who am I going to play for? Everything's going to be different. How am I going to fit? You know, so going through just those emotions and then understanding that, uh, you know, it ended up working out pretty well from that standpoint, but also understanding that, you know, you walk into a team and there's, there was a lot of comparison. And that's something we don't want to do. We want to be able to just say, you know what, we're going to honor everything that was in the past, but we're going to start now and we're just going to go forward and we're going to be who we are. And so I think from that sense um, in understanding that that's, there's, there just isn't a lot of time for anything other than here's where we're at, here's what we're going to learn, and here's where we're going to go. And so that to me was a huge part of being able to come in and it's it's not about changing anything. Change happens when one person changes or the year changes. So change is is, con- is a constant evolution, but it's not going from from good to bad. It's just it will be different. Um, and so we're we're gonna just we're gonna be exactly who we need to be and who we are, and we're gonna go forward. New OU women's basketball coach Jenny Baranchek is our guest. Coach, I've got one more for you. I'm curious. Because your teams at Drake obviously uh, achieved so much success, scored a bunch of points. You were the MVC Coach of the Year a couple of times. But what are you most proud of that you and your teams accomplished at Drake? When you look back on it, what are you most proud of? You know, my most – I don't know. I I get the most proud just thinking about each individual that I get to coach and that I still – get to have relationships with them because when you do change and you do move jobs, um, you know, there's a lot of mixed emotions in that. And so with, with the way that everybody has handled it and um, that to me is, is probably my most proud moment. You know, they've, they've obviously there's, they've incredible careers after playing, they had incredible careers on the court. You know, we've had some great success, but really the actual real authentic relationships that that we have with those women um, that's, that's always going to be my most proud moment ever as, as any kind of a coach at any place ever. All right, coach, I really appreciate your time. I know you're busy, um, and probably in the process of making sure we get the right school for Eli, Jordy and Hope. And I know Scott's probably busy as well too, but (laughs) we're, we're so pumped to have you and your family here. And I just appreciate you finding time to come on with us. Good luck with everything. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, so know that as well. And we couldn't be more excited as a whole family to be here. So thank you so much. Obviously, a lot of work ahead of her. Huge shoes to fill. But, man, I'm excited about the future with Coach Baranchek running the show for OU Women's Basketball. All right, let's wrap it up by hitting the gridiron. Uh, We're just, what now, uh, eight days away? If you're consuming this on Friday, if you're consuming it on Saturday, it's a week away from the start of the spring game. And tickets are still available at Soonersports.com. But Lincoln Riley went one-on-one with the media talking about all the storylines leading up to Saturday in the spring game and practices so far. Yeah, Lincoln, we talked to you uh, early in the spring about uh, Kennedy Brooks and uh, bouncing back from, from missing last year. Just wanted to uh, get an update on, on how he's doing, how he's looked, and, and some of the areas that you've seen progress uh, from him and areas where you need to see progress going forward. 
I think he's doing well. You know, like like we said earlier, I think it took a little time for him to get his feet back underneath him. You know, get back to be used to being on the field uh, with the guys. But I mean, you still see the the natural feel and uh, for setting up blocks and understanding schemes. That's you know that's made him a, a good player here early in his career. Um, you know, I think he's pushing himself, and we're pushing him to become a a more consistent practice player. You know, continuing to get more explosive uh, in the weight room and, and with his on-the-field practice habits. And then uh, probably the biggest thing we're pushing out of him right now is, is leadership. And uh, we, you know, we need that from him. Uh, he's, he's a guy that's been in a, a lot of battles. He's been in a lot of big wins, uh, a lot of big moments. Um, and and for our running back room, our offense, our entire team, you know, we we – we need to we need to feel his presence, and that's something he's at times a little bit of a naturally quiet guy. But you know, you get there to the end of your career, you got to rise up and be a leader and, and be push yourself to be more vocal. Um, and he did a really good job of that today, and we're definitely going to need that from him and others going forward. Appreciate it, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jason Kersey, and then Eric Bailey. Yeah, Lincoln. I wanted to ask you about the. We're coming up on this new world of college athletics with name, image, likeness. And uh, I wanted to ask you how you're preparing your guys for that, specifically maybe Spencer and Caleb, because I'm sure they're going to be uh, among the guys getting maybe the most opportunities out of that. How, how are those conversations going? Um, I would say we, we've done a lot of preparing within the athletic department. Um, I'll give Joe Castiglione and his, his staff a lot of credit. They've you know, really kind of kept all of us in the department on the on the forefront. We've been we've been pretty proactive about you know our plans, uh, which which there is a lot of planning around that uh, because it's a uh, it'll be you know it'll put athletic departments, coaches, administrators, everybody in a tough position just because you're these are the people you're in charge of, but by rule you're going to have no say or no involvement in this. But ultimately, we all know. We're still all going to be responsible for it, and uh, which, which, so it's going to be, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting as we go forward. I mean, you know, we're going to have to prepare, but also we're going to have to adjust, you know, because there's a lot of different ways that this legislation can go. Um, and so, uh, you know, for us, we've, you know, our team is aware that we're that we're doing making the necessary preparations, uh, you know, and I and I think the way we handle it with with any of our players is. You know, just like we do, you know, on the field uh, recognition awards, anything individual is, you know, we want guys to have individual goals. We, of course, we want them to have success personally, but uh, nothing ever here at this program will come in front of the team and the team success. And ultimately, when the team has success, it's going to create more opportunities for, for the individuals. So that's uh, – we'll, we'll definitely be on the forefront, but that's that's going to be our – that's going to be our place with it, and that part's not going to change. Lincoln. Eric Bailey and then Joe Bettner. Hey, Lincoln, I wanted to ask you, uh, what has uh, Caleb Williams' growth been like this spring? And just for you as a coach, what's it been like not having a transfer in the quarterback's room these past two seasons compared to what it was like your first three? Is there any difference at all? Is that the second part of that, Eric, one more time? Um, any difference at all of not having a transfer quarterback in your quarterback's room these past two seasons versus the first three when you had transfers in your room? I got a transfer. I got Micah Bowens in there right now. Um, okay. I know, no, yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay, you're right. But, okay. yeah, but, no, I, I certainly get the question. Um, hey, Caleb's doing well, uh, getting a lot of reps, learning a lot, 
uh, throwing him in a lot of different situations. Um, you know, I think he's done a good job with as he makes, you know, he may, he does a pretty good job making plays, um, you know, outside the pocket. Uh, you know, he's, he's athletic. He, he throws well on the move. Um, you know, has some creativity to his game. You know, he's still got to get more consistent on the, just the kind of the, the more routine plays, uh, which is normal for this this time, you know, in the offense was he's just learning and kind of getting started. But um, he's working hard to learn it uh, while balancing, a, you know, a pretty, uh, pretty challenging class load right now. Uh, so he's got a lot on his plate, but he's doing well. Uh, he's uh, progressing nicely, has a lot of ability. Certainly he's got a, you know, a long way to go in his knowledge and understanding and the decisions um, day in and day out, but certainly see no reason why you know he can't be a very good player for us as we go on. Uh, the room, the room's good. You know, it's 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 nice having some returners uh, in there and some guys that have been in there. Um, uh, you know, a lot of the guys are fighting like crazy to learn it. Um, you know, which is fun. It's made the made the room competitive and everybody's kind of eager to learn. And several of those guys are all kind of learning it for the first time at the same time. You know, which I think has been helpful because they're able to bounce stuff off of the, each other and questions. And then it's good for them having a you know older guy in the room in Spencer that obviously is a little bit more you know more down the line with his knowledge of it. Lincoln, thanks. Have a good week. You too. Joe Bettner and then Kerry Murdoch. Yeah, Lincoln, um, you guys are three years into having redshirt freshmen being able to play four games in a season. And I'm curious, as you kind of get into the spring, kind of seeing that full cycle go through, have you noticed any difference in maybe quicker player development as far as getting those game reps? Are guys coming along quicker than maybe they used to? I, I think it's fair. I, I think you can point to a handful of guys that we've had over those years that uh, – we're able to get that game experience and, and the game experience is great. And, but I think also just the, the mental side of it, you know, like every player out there knowing, Hey, whether I happen to red shirt or not, I'm going to have a shot to go play. Um, and just what that does for you mentally, um, when that opportunity's out there, it just feels different to guys. And so, uh, I think the rule has been a good rule. I mean, I think it served the two purposes, which, you know, one, as you mentioned, was developing players and two was, Let's don't take away seasons from guys that have extremely minimal playing time. Um, and uh, I, so I think, you know, as you look back on it, it's been one of the rules that I would say has been very positive. Okay, let's go to Kerry Murdoch and then John Hoover. Hey, Lincoln. Um, I'm curious about this spring, uh, you know, not having it last year, having, you know, so many – practices that were interrupted because of contact tracing. Have, has it made you do more this spring that maybe you wouldn't have done? You you put an emphasis on maybe, I don't know, things like more physicality or, or things like that in practice or uh, is there, is there is you just let it be normal like it always has and you kind of enjoy that? Yeah, probably closer to normal. Um, you know, spring a lot of times to me is, you know, kind of predetermined, you know, what you can do on your roster, both the experience level of your roster, you know, where you're at with your different systems, and then just how many players you have available at every position. And so uh, and this year has been no different. I mean, we've been limited in a few, a few ways as it's gone on, and, and uh, you just adjust. But I would say our time on the field, amount of reps we've gotten, you know, probably very comparable to, to what we've done in the past other than the, the COVID year. John Hoover and then James Hale. 
Hey Lincoln, um, a little more on Caleb Williams. Spencer's relationship with him, I'm, I'm wondering about that. You look back now, Spencer all of a sudden is the older guy. He's going into, he'll be going into his third year of college football. I'm wondering from his perspective what you've seen from that dynamic. And then if you could, can you expound a little bit on um, Caleb's classroom load that you mentioned? Um, yeah, it's, uh, their relationship I think is uh, very positive. Um, you know, I think they have mutual respect for each other. Um, you know, both uh, similar situations. You know, coming out of high school and and uh, and have to, you know having to come in and learn this thing really quick. And and uh, I think they're both competitive guys. And and you know, I think they've they've been good for each other. You know, it's uh, you know, it's always great to have you know other good players in the room. Um, it 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 pushes you no matter how long you've been at a place. And then, and then, you know, certainly for, from Caleb's perspective, you know, having a guy in there that's been through the fire, um, that, that knows the system um, at a higher level than Caleb does right now, you know, and a guy that he can watch, you know, the way he prepares and watch the way, you know, the things he does on the field, the way he communicates, all of that, I, I think is, is good. So, no, it's, uh, you know, they, they seem to get along very well, um, you know, and I would say, you know, very similar to some of the other really good relationships that we've had in that room over the years. Uh, yeah, Caleb's class load, uh, you know, he's one of two players right now that we have um, with this, I guess, this rule exception this year. But we, you know, both he and Billy Bowman are still uh, taking some of their high school classes uh, online as well uh, as a as well as their spring semester load. Um, so give both guys credit. It's uh, your first year of college and spring football and all that combined is a lot on its own. And when you add in the fact that you're having to take high school classes on top of that, you know, it's been a challenge for both Billy uh, and, and Caleb. But I give both those kids a lot of credit. You know, they've handled it well. And, and uh, you know, both their high schools, Gonzaga and, and Denton Ryan, have, have been extremely helpful as well. Thanks, Lincoln. Hmm? James Hale and then Dean Blevins. You know, Lincoln, it looks like they, they are going to pass the one-time transfer rule. And uh, I just want to let you know that I wanted your comments on that because it, it looks like it's going to come to fruition. And I had uh, Patty Gasso on my show, and I asked her about inter-conference transfers, what she thought about it. And she said she absolutely agreed with you, and she doesn't like that idea. So I've asked three or four coaches at OU, and they've all agreed with you. So you got your coaches behind you in this deal, and I'm curious – what you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like anything. I, it, there's there's going to be rules you agree with, rules you don't. Uh, people are going to have different positions, and, and you understand that. I mean, if somebody doesn't agree with me, I'm not mad at them. I mean, I, I that's fine. I just I, I, I see it from my perspective, and, and my perspective, again, has zero to do with any of the individuals. My perspective is – I don't know, maybe as you get a little bit older in this thing, you start thinking about kind of long-term, you know, what the game and what does that look like and take take your individual needs or wants out of it. And, you know, this game has been very, very, you know, good to me. I mean, it's been a huge part of my life and my family's life. And, and you know, you know, as my career goes on and certainly even when I'm done, I mean, I want, I want this game to still be the best sport in the world, which it is. And uh, so – that, that's that's where you know I land on on that and even some of the other decisions through the years, some of the other things that we've talked about that have become 
controversial or one of those things where everybody has an opinion on it. So um, there's a lot of people that have that same opinion, a lot. Uh, you know, most aren't willing to speak out publicly. Um, and so that's that's where it's at. But, again, that's, you know, we get, look, there's rules. We get rules are going to change. I mean, there's rules, there's rules on the field, rules off the field all the time we don't like. I mean, I still, even though I've, I've you know, I, I coach offense or have in my career, I, I I still never agreed that a lineman should be able to be three yards down the field and you'd be able to make a forward pass. But I, I think that's insane. But but it's the rule, and you gotta you gotta live it, live with it, play within the rules, whether it's on the field or off the field, and, and go on. Thanks, Lincoln. Have a great day. You too. Dean Blevins and then Mason Young. Yeah, Lincoln, I'm wondering about Spencer Rattler. It seems like you possibly could have upgrades at a number of positions throughout the team, including offense. And even in the quarterback room, it would be, you know, it's the same quarterback, but more reps, et cetera. Where is he or where will he be by game one in terms of uh, being better? It sounds like physically he's a little bit better. How would you evaluate that, his improvement from the end of, the, the bowl game to where you're going to see him start the season. Yeah. I mean, I, all I can probably, I mean, I can speak to where I hope he gets to, I mean, and, yeah. and where he's at right now. I mean, he's, you know, we've really pushed him hard physically, you know, like we've said here, you know, we think there's a, you know, another level that he can go to um, with a, his movements, his body composition, um, kind of all parts of it, just, just, just becoming more physically developed and having more capabilities physically. And so, you know, that started with kind of the first phase of our off season before spring and certainly will be, you know, continued to be addressed, you know, here in late spring and, and throughout the summer. Um, yeah. Then I think, you know, you, you see, you see an understanding, you know, more of an understanding and more, you know, being a little more comfortable with the things that we're doing, you know, and that's just the reps over time and that's the all the meetings over time and all the walkthroughs. I mean, you see that starting to take hold. You know, the thing he's got to continue to challenge himself to do mentally is you can't – or you got to be careful and work because if you do this, you'll stop progressing is you can't say, well, okay, I've already – I've been a starting quarterback for the year. I know this system like – I my work ethic, my study habits, my focus in meetings, all that, my attention to detail, like I'm good, like I got it. And no, you don't got it. You don't in football, you never get it. It's it's a constant battle to get better. And so the starting point's way better. But if and if he'll continue to work, you know, I would expect that he'll have improve in a lot of areas. But you know, and he has so far, but he's gonna have to continue to really work. Thanks, Lincoln. You're welcome. Mason Young and then Garen Emig. Yeah, Lincoln, I wanted to ask you about Jalen Redmond. I know you guys got him back um, practice-wise before the bowl game. And was just curious um, if you felt like, if at all, um, like how much that benefited him um, jumping back in then versus kind of coming back in in the spring like everybody else. I, I, I do think it benefited him. I, I really do. Just And it's not like it was a lot, a big number of days, and it's not like we threw him in there and gave him a million reps when he hadn't been practicing before. But just to get back out there and kind of get the feel of it again, um, to take some reps, to get some of the cobwebs, probably some of the nervousness out of it. I mean, he – I think it made a difference because he's, he's done a good job this spring. He really has. I, I've been uh, – he's been – Disruptive as he's always been, uh, he's always been a pain in the butt to block, and that certainly that certainly hasn't changed. Um, so, um, and and I think he, 
I think he's just really in a good place. I mean, just just all parts of it, and physically, mentally, uh, just everything. He's just in a really, really good place. And, and um, I know he's enjoying being out there and, and playing with our defensive line. And, and um, so but I do think him coming back was big. I, 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 not just for Jalen, but I think also what well, team saw that, you know. I mean, that there's – it said a lot to teammates, you know, for him to come back and do that, uh, to, to practice, to to want to help us, you know, be ready to go to go play Florida and beat Florida. And so that was, um, you know, I think it was a, a really positive thing for him and for, you know, just the team and the team chemistry. Thanks, Lincoln. Aaron Emig and then Joey Helmer. Yeah, Lincoln, every few years the topic of uh, spring scrimmages bubbles up as in relation to – teams playing other teams as opposed to doing an intra-squad. It never seems to gain any traction, though. It's just, you know, this is an interesting idea and then nothing ever happens. Do you do you see the day that becomes a viable option? I'm not even sure you could have it per the NCAA, even if you wanted to right now, but would you, would you be at all interested in having that as an alternative to intra-squads at some point? Um, It'd be worth the conversation. I don't know that I could sit here today and say I would definitely be in favor of it. Uh, you know, there's teams are at different points, you know, in spring, and you certainly get into deals where maybe you have this many players available at the beginning of spring, and then all of a sudden, you know, whether a guy's injured or transfer or whatever happens, you don't. Um, you know, and then how the nice thing about the, you know, the spring game format is we can totally control it, you know, and, and if you've got somebody else on the other line of that, that that has their priorities in mind i could see that becoming difficult so i you know like i said I'm, I'm not saying it's not worth the conversation but i i see that being maybe not maybe a little far-fetched honestly well quick follow-up do you see it as a more viable alternative for for bringing fans in who you know the, the product is a little more in terms of just a typical game i mean you guys are more careful it seems every year and right with the, the thud instead of the tackle and keeping guys out would that give fans a, a more viable excuse to to come watch you think oh you know it might depending on the opponent uh right. you know it might um you know, I think at some places, I think it, it could make a big difference. You know, we're lucky that our fans here, you know, support us the way we do. I mean, I still, I, I, you know, I, I still will forever have burned in my mind. We changed the spring gate, but less than 48 hours. We changed the date, time, everything, and have 50,000 people out there at night. So that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always thankful of that. And, and uh, hopefully we can have another good product out there for them this year. Okay, fair enough. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay, two more, Joey Helmer and then Josh Calloway. Yeah, I have a broad question. In fact, it's not even really a football question, but uh, you guys are the bell cow on campus, but obviously I saw you meeting Porter and uh, Jenny the other day, and there seems to be a connectedness with this athletic part, uh, department that might be a little bit unusual. Um, what, it, In your perspective, what does it say about the athletic department as a football coach, um, how you guys are so intertwined? Yeah, I would say two things on that. You know, one, uh, Joe and his staff have done a great job from day one here of, of bringing the sports together. Uh, you know, we have we have monthly just head coaches meetings that are they're not like your typical meetings where you're just going through, you know, going through kind of a list of priorities or just you know just kind of busy work. I mean, it's interactive. Um, it's it's more kind of working together, which has been great. 
we we do a lot of events that bring all the teams together. You know, where it's not like one sports here, one sports there, um, and and so the athletic department here does as good a job of, of anywhere I've ever been of bringing everybody together. And then I think the other thing that brings the people together here too is the 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 level of competitiveness, you know, and the level of success that so many of our programs have had and currently are having. And I think there's a it's in a great way. It's in a productive way that you know. Yeah, every sport wants to do well on their own, of course, but they also want the other sports to do very well too. You know, and they want the OU brand from an athletic standpoint to be about success and to be about championships and to be about, you know, playing and competing at the highest level and being in those biggest and best games, matches, whatever it is. So I I I do think there there's a competitiveness within the department too, a healthy competitiveness that pushes the other teams as well. Um so uh, it's always it's been fun to be a part of that, um, and certainly great to meet Porter and Jenny. They, those guys are you know the, the, they're tremendous. I mean that's uh, obviously basketball is a, you know a big deal anywhere, and and uh, you know replacing you know the two great coaches and two coaches I you know really enjoyed my time with, and certainly it looks like it's going to be a great relationship with our two new basketball coaches. Hey, Josh Calloway. Yeah, Lincoln, I'm just curious, you know, with, with you know, spring practices obviously winding down here, just what are some of the guys that have been the biggest surprises, I guess, of the last month or so, the biggest breakout players that have just had, you know, guys that you wouldn't maybe expect as much, not star guys, but guys that have just really, you know, risen up over the last month? Well, there's your expectations and ours. You know, we, 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 we pretty much expect everybody to break out. So I, that's, that's, it's, I wouldn't say unexpected by any stretch, for us at least, but – you know, I think a few of the guys that have really done a good job this spring. You know, Jordan Kelly is one of the first names that comes to mind. You know, both he and, and, and I would also say in that interior D-line, Josh Ellison. You know, both those guys have really taken some nice steps this spring and they've both had really good spring practices. I've uh, been, been proud of the way those guys perform. Uh, Justin Broles has had a really good spring in our secondary. I think the best that he's, he's you know, consistently performed uh, since – uh, since he's been here, you know, and he's been here a while, and uh, but I think he's he's in a great spot and doing some doing some really nice things. Um, you know, I think a, a couple of our offensive linemen have really improved. You know, Tyrese Robinson, uh, I, I think, has, has had a really really good spring. Um, Eric Swenson's had a really good spring. Uh, so been been proud of those guys' progress. Uh, you know, Jeremiah Hall has had a really strong spring. He's he's really you know performed at a high level. He's taken a lot of the reps and and has certainly made a difference. Um, I think. I mean, like I said some of the newcomers are are having their moments. You know, we'll 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 wait till we we'll wait to put them in the Hall of Fame a, a little bit later. But uh, there we got some guys that are you know of the young of the young group that are they're certainly doing a nice job as well. So um, now it's uh, it's been a good spring. It has. It's uh, guys have been have been into it and. Um, I think I, I felt like this group has, has appreciated the fact that we even have it right now. I mean, after most of them went through, you know, it being taken away. So there you have it. A pretty action-packed edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Thanks to Jenny Bronchek. Thanks to Shannon Sale. And I hope you guys enjoyed the Lincoln Riley Press Conference. We'll be back on Monday with the huddle. Uh, Teddy and I are actually kind of weird as I'm taping this. I'm getting ready to leave for the huddle. I was thinking, is that tonight? But we tape it on Thursday, bring it to you on Monday. We'll hear from Calvin Thibodeau and Josh Ellison. And then on Tuesday, Toby rejoins me for the game plan. We recap the entire weekend and 
get you ready for the week ahead. Thanks as always for listening, and until Monday and the huddle, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.